For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to Uncommon Drive. This is Chad Ozie, and I am here with Jeff Cross, and we're looking forward to another great day of sharing some information with you and then hopefully hearing back from you uh, as you uh, respond to what we do. Uh, feel free to shoot us information as you find this uh, valuable or not so much. We like mm. the, the <laughs> criticism both ways so that we make this beneficial for all of us that are participating. And Jeff, today uh, we're kind of in a unique spot um, for a lot of people, no matter their sport. This is kind of a time that we are hitting the court or the field. Um, for our baseball umpires that are out there, this is fall baseball season for college baseball and so a lot of guys are going to go out for the first time in a few weeks and they're going to hit the field again and they're going to have those those inner squad world series games mm. and, and things like that and then for those of us in the college women's basketball game uh, we're specifically hitting practices and scrimmages and moving into to preseason games and and all that and so uh, the question is how do we prep you know, for the next season, whether that's the short season of, of fall baseball or it's the, the grind that's getting ready to happen with the, the full college basketball season. You know, as you're looking towards the beginning of a season for you, what are the things that begin to come to mind for you? Well, a lot of things come to mind. And the first thing that always comes to mind is the test. Are you working on your test? You know, the, the test came out for us, you know, for people listening, whenever you're listening, at the beginning of the month of October, and basically you have 30 days to get it done. It's due at the end of, you know, the 1st of November. So are you are you downloading the test? Or have you even opened up the test? Or have you at least done a question or two? You know, or are you sitting around waiting for someone to give you the answers to the test? You know, I, every year I have, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, NCAA test review session, you know, and sometimes I get 20 people, sometimes I get 75, it all depends. And it never fails. There's always a group of people that just show up with their paper hot, literally still warm from the printer <laughs> waiting for the answers, you know, sure. and um, they think that's the way they're going to be successful and that's going to be prepared. So, I mean, I think that's a, an important step that a lot of people are procrastinating on um, for whatever reason. Maybe they don't like take a test, you know, whatever the scenario is. But, you know, I'm going to bounce it back to you and ask you about baseball because I know what you do. And I want you guys to share. Um, I want you to share with these guys 
guys and gals that are listening, how do you prepare yourself for ball strike season, as I call it, right? You know, yep. you know, I, I've heard so many stories about what you do, and I just think maybe you should share some of that. Well, you know, I I, I want to tag on to your to your test thing, and then then I'll absolutely slide right into that. You know, I think that for a lot of us we begin to get in our own head about the test. Oh, sure. Right. You know, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, what if I don't get it right? Or if, if I ask somebody then it makes it look like I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think in every sport that we work, I believe, and, and you've shared this with me. Um, when we have a better understanding of the rules, our play calling automatically gets stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I have a, a better understanding of multiple runners on base, you know, I got, I got two runners standing on second base and I know that rule backwards, forward and sideways to know if one gets tagged versus the other mm -hmm. one, who's going to be out and who's going to be safe and what happens now. I am much more confident when I make that call mm -hmm. on the, on the basketball court. When I know the definition of a travel, mm -hmm. you know, not just something that looks like one right, or, right. or might be, but when I know the definition of a travel, all of a sudden I get better at calling travels. Mm -hmm. When I know the definition of, uh, of legal guarding position, I now become a much better play caller. And so I think that the, the test is something that we should get excited about every year because we know these are things that, that people want us to know to be able to make those calls. Right. And, I'll, and I, you know, this is the I'm going to piggyback on your piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> the test, people get, as they say, you know, kind of in their own way or in their own head about it. And. They, they're so anxious about getting a hundred when really the test should be up for us to get a better knowledge of the rules. Sure. I, that's why we only have to get 85 to pass 85% to pass. Well, that way the, the few that you miss, you're going to go out and, and figure out which ones you missed and get a better understanding for that rule on a better understanding for that question. And if you wouldn't have looked up any of the answers, you would only got a 75% instead of 85. So you just improved your, your rules knowledge by 10 questions or 10% without even realizing it. So I think we need to, you know, unhook the thought process that I have to get a hundred. Yes. It's nice to be able to walk around and go, yep, hundred on the test, hundred on the test. But do you know the rules any better? No, I just got a hundred. So just because I get a hundred on a test doesn't mean I can go out and play call and get things right because I have no comprehension or no understanding of how the rule actually works. I just know that I can read it, find the answer. Here's the answer, but can I recall it? So I think that's where, you know, I, I wish I'll have to look it up when I'll, I'll find it on my phone, but somebody sent me a text about a, a question, uh, you know, a concern about one of the questions. And I said, that the goal should not be whether you get the question, right? The goal should be, can you explain this rule to a coach when it comes up, that should be the goal more about did I get a hundred or not? And not only explain it, but explain it quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Know, Cause that conversation at sidelines pretty quick. Recall it quickly, man, right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you asked about my, my prep for baseball, especially when it comes to balls and strikes. I think this applies to every sport that we work. I think if we are waiting to get on the field or the court before we have prepped our eyes I think we are doing a disservice to ourselves and a disservice to the game. Um, when uh, when I'm in the off season for baseball, uh, I have a couple local colleges uh, that I'll go in with because they're doing work all year round. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and I'll go in while they're throwing bullpens, which is just a, a pitcher on an indoor mound throwing to a catcher, and they may have some equipment set up to measure their spin rates and velocity and all that kind of stuff. And I just go in, I ask the coach, hey, can I, can I go get behind your catcher and just call balls and strikes? Uh, and sometimes they, they don't want their pitcher knowing if it was a ball or strike because they're working on something else. So they say, yeah, fine, just do it to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Don't tell them, hey, no problem. There's other times they want them to know because they're going to do simulated innings mm-hmm. right. or whatever, right? And so I'll put on all my gear and I'll go and I'll get down behind that catcher and I will, I will call balls and strikes. Uh, there are some years that, uh, especially over the winter months, you know, in between the, the fall college season and the spring season, uh, I'll call upwards of 12, 14,000 pitches in the off season. And all I'm doing is just training my eyes mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Um, I do the exact same thing in basketball, the exact same thing in basketball. There's no way I am stepping onto a college court to, uh, to work even, even a practice or a scrimmage without me having already been on a court getting my eyes mm. ready. And it's not going to be the same speed. It's not going to be whatever. But I'm going to find a junior high game. I'm going to find a YMCA game. I'm going to find a travel game. I'm going to find some some times to get on the court and be watching for those things that sometimes are their second nature. They're, mm-hmm. they're muscle memory during the season, yep. but out of the season, they're not. You know, do I have a, a lane violation on a free throw? You know, mm-hmm. am I watching that kid go up for a three-pointer and making sure that those those feet leave from behind the line? And am I watching that that player all the way back down to the ground and the defender and all those things? Um, I think it's really important for us to have our eyes prepped for the season. Yeah, I call it eye speed. Sure. We have to work on our eye speed, you know, and you know, whether you want to call it muscle memory or whatever this. If you're looking at pitches, you got to work on your eye speed to follow that, you know, 12 to six curveball. Yeah. You got to work on that, you know, that sinker that drops, that drops on at the last second. You got to have good eye speed for that. If you have slow eye speed, forget about it. And the mm-hmm. best way to do that is I'll even say d- defines a way to disengage and then engage back on, yep. you know, think like, you know, on a basketball floor, I'll find myself working on my eye speed in the summertime or in the off season, watching a play as if I'm at a camp or something, I'll watch a play and then come off that play, look up at the scoreboard or the clock or whatever, and come right back down and know exactly where I was on that play. So I have good eye speed. That way I can pick up feet faster. I can pick up uh, legal guarding position faster. So I need to have very in-tune eye speed. And if you know, you're going back to your pitching, whatever, 10, 14, 15,000 pitchers in an offseason, there's so many people. This is what we talk about uncommon. That's that's uncommon. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there that don't get their 14,000 pitchers in until halfway through the season. Sure. And meanwhile, they've already decided who's making the playoffs halfway through the season because they got to make these decisions. they got to make these decisions that who's going to be going to playoffs so they can make travel plans or whatever that is. And now those people that aren't working at seeing 14,000 pitchers in the offseason are, how come I can't get to the playoffs? I just don't get it. I got good ball strikes. I'm, I'm always good and, you know, at the end of the season. But it's too late then. Yeah. We've already made the decision. Well, and, you know, we may have people listening today that, that haven't done things like this mm-hmm. before, right? Um, I think one of the things that's important to know is how do I how do I do that? Like, I, I was really fortunate. Both, both you and I, even this morning, we got a text 
from a college coaching staff say, mm-hmm. hey, we need to work some practices mm-hmm. and uh, we need to have a couple scrimmages. Could you come work for us? That's a fortunate thing that we had that somebody reached out to us. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody, let, let's just talk basketball a second. If, if you're somebody who's prepping for this 21-22 season and, and, and you're not getting that call to go work a practice or a scrimmage or whatever, your, your assigner has not given you one of those kind of assignments, what are ways that you can get on a court to begin working on that ice beat? Well, like, you know, we always talk, I always talk about courage and we always talk about courage. You, you're probably just going to have to reach out. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to either reach out to some people that are getting those, whatever. Hey, Chad, Jeff, do you get any, got any scrimmages coming up that I can try ride along with? And it's probably going to take, and that scrimmage is not going to be in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not going to be, I have, I'm going to a scrimmage Sunday that is, you know, over two hours away. Because I gotta get some reps in, I gotta be able to do this so that way I'm prepared. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess that would be the question: is if you truly want it, are you willing to say yes to the two and a half hour drive? Are you? I mean, these ones that we're ta- you're talking about that happened to us today, they're they're midweek stuff at seven thirty in the morning. Yep. Now, not everyone can do that. Sure. But I'm guessing that everyone who is working still had some vacation time. And if they wanted to use it half a day, they could, mm-hmm. if they really wanted to do it. But instead they're waiting for these cherry picking, what do they call that? Low hanging fruit yep. to get, to be able to be better. And so if no low hanging fruit comes their way, it's not my fault. I didn't get better. I just not the game. So I think we've got to reach out to other officials. Hey, I'm, I'm in search of, I'm in search of scrimmages, plays, pitches, if you know someone that can help me in that situation, please point me in that direction, and I'll and I'll go from there. But it's going to take courage. You're, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen if we're sitting on our couch, watching you know reruns of Mori Povich and go, how can we get any better? Yeah, I I still remember one of the very first times that I reached out to a, a college coach about the opportunity just to come. At first, I said, can I come watch a scrimmage? Is there a time during your regular practice that you, and that particular coach, it was a local junior college nearby here, said, yeah, you know, for about 20 minutes at the end of practice, we're going to, we're going to scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, do you, do you call your own plays with that? Whatever. He's, he's like, well, we just, we kind of have the athletes call their own fouls, do whatever. So that's fine. I said, would you mind if I just came and just kind of ran up and down the sideline? I won't blow a whistle. I won't, I won't mess with anything like that, you know, or whatever. But I just like to get my eyes used to seeing some plays. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, absolutely. Come on in. Well, I knew it was going to be at the end of practice. I came in about 20 minutes after practice started. And started out by just sitting in the bleachers mm-hmm. and watching practice. And now, not only am I getting my eye speed up, but I'm, I'm also hearing things that they're coaching. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm learning you know, there, there was a, a way this particular team was going to try to come around and set a screen. I'm like, you know what? I haven't I hadn't thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. if I'm anticipating that, I'm going to see that play better, you know, because what looks like maybe it's going to be legal, maybe isn't mm-hmm. or whatever. And so it was helpful to me. And then by the end of that practice, the coach said, hey, you know, we're going to do we're going to do a thing tomorrow where we're, we're going to scrimmage for about an hour. Uh, do you or, or anybody else want to come <laughs> do that? You know, right. And so I called up two other people. And we went and worked that scrimmage and we worked it for free. Yep. You know, we didn't get paid for it, mm. 
but it was incredibly valuable to us. And it just came from, can I come watch? Yep. Uh, again, you know, we have not because we asked not. If, if that coach had said no, uh, we really don't want anybody in while we're practicing, mm-hmm. then I would have been no worse off. But I'm telling you, I have yet to approach a coach like that that hasn't been willing to make a time that that could, in fact, they love it when they see us trying to get better. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, we've, we've all, now we've proven to this coach, Hey, we are actually working on our skill, our craft. So I have a little bit more respect for this person. Mm-hmm. They are working on it and they're doing it for nothing. Yep. They're not out for the money. So maybe if I do have a bad day, you know, maybe I build up a little bit relationship equity, right. With this coach or the players they get it. You know, we, we all want to be perfect, but we got to have that relationship equity in order for us to get through the Januarys and the Februarys of basketball season or the Aprils and Mays of baseball. And that's how you're going to do it because no one else is doing it. Now, I, I, it's a strong statement, right? No one, but very few people are saying, yep, I'll go take 14,000 pitches between January and February yeah. or December. So, for someone like me, if I was a baseball person and I wanted to be where Chad Ozzy was in baseball, I said, well, if he's doing 14, I want to do 16. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a way to get 16,000 pitches in. And that's where we just, we, we, we spent so much time and energy sitting back, just wondering why can't I get it? Why am I not successful? And if you really just look, look what other people are doing. And it's just nothing close to what you're doing, and that's why. But we can't. We're, we're we're we have a hard time. At least I believe we have a hard time being totally honest with ourselves. We find those little things around us that gives us the excuses, instead of, you know, if, I mean, my guess is, if I know you the way I think I know you, you're in the middle of a series in May, close to the end of the season, and you have a tough day behind the plate. You're gonna, you know what? I need to take twenty thousand next spring, yeah, or next winter. Sure. And, you know, and there are people out there that don't have to do what I do. Sure. I'm just going to be honest. Mm -hmm. There there are people out there that can call balls and strikes in their sleep with Mm -hmm. one eye closed, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know for me to be at my best, Mm -hmm. that's what I have to do. In the same way, there there are some people that don't have to work as hard at their conditioning. Sure. There are people that don't have to work as hard at their rules knowledge, whatever. But for, for me, on the baseball side, that's something I have to do to be at my best when I start season, um, you know, which which is a great thing. We're talking about hitting the the basketball court. What are the things that you're doing physically mm. to get ready for this upcoming season? Are you ready? I'm ready. Pickleball. Love it. <laughs> I've actually taken on pickleball this off season. So okay. really, you know, it's not like this, not like you're running a 5K or something like that, but, you know, you're playing in outside heat or you're playing indoor, indoors with it's still very warm outside. You've got a nice, good sweat going. You got your, you're expanding your lungs. You're, you're, you know, putting pressure on your knees and your ankles and all that stuff. You're working on your eye speed. You got to watch that ball come flying at you. All the, believe it or not, I know that sounds like a really foolish thing, but it's, it's way better I believe my conditioning by playing pickleball is way better than if I was just to go out and bench press, you know, 200 pounds three times a week. That's not going to get me in basketball shape. Mm-hmm. Now, I still need to get used to running 94 feet. Sure. I got to get used to doing those things. I got to get used to running differently because it's a different run, you know, and all those different muscles, you know, and all that will come in time. But, and I, 
This is the phrase I like to live by. Do not use the regular season to get in shape hmm. for the season. We need to use the off season to get in shape. So when we go in first game, we want to be in the we want to be in our uh, real close to our best shape of the season. But so many people go, well, I'm up 20 pounds or I'm up to 15 pounds. I'll lose that in the season. Again, it's too late. They've already they've already decided who they're using in the conference tournament, and they saw you working in in uh, November or December. Yep, out of shape. We're going to the next person. Yeah, that's all there is to it. And it, it even has an effect of, oh, so and so and so got off a game. Well, I just saw you know Jeff on film. Nope, can't use him. He's yeah. not ready for that big game. He's out of shape. Yeah, and you know I I think that for a lot of us that work collegiate sports. You know, we work, our, our day jobs are mm. jobs that give us the flexibility to be able to do that. Sure. And many times, those kinds of jobs are not necessarily high-demand physical jobs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so we're, we're sitting behind a desk or we're working at a school or we're, we're doing whatever. And if, if the first time that I go out and, and I really start to get physical and work up that sweat or whatever you're talking about, is, is in a game situation, whether it's a practice or a scrimmage or whatever, man, am I behind the eight ball. Yep, you're done. You know, and, and we can use that excuse of, I'm trying to make sure that I have plenty of time. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I'm saving the time that I need at uh, work uh, for later in the season or whatever. But if, if it's about getting ready for my season, I need to stay on top of that. Well, this I want to add this. What happens is... If I'm worried during the whatever opening week of the season, whatever that's baseball, softball, basketball, whatever it is, and I'm so worried about catching my breath, how, how in the world am I going to be poised and ready to make a difficult call, poised and ready to answer a coach's questions when I can't even hold my breath? I can't even, you know, I can barely keep my legs about me. There's no way it's going to happen. You can tell yourself that, but you're lying. You're right. absolutely lying to yourself, and you know when you're out of shape. Sure. I, I'm not going to say that we all have to be in elite condition, but at the risk of sounding mean, if you're working a game and you say to yourself, I'm out of shape, you should be embarrassed by that. As a college referee, you should be embarrassed by that. Now, you don't have to be in elite shape at high school basketball, and you know, as we've said before. But even in a high school basketball game, they're still expecting really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you want to move forward in high school basketball, and every game you get it, you know, you know I've got to put layers of Ben Gay and Icy Hot all this over my legs and my hips just because I know that I'm going to have to run. This is not a way. It's First of all, it's not a way to live. Sure. You know what I mean? You're you're you don't want to go to the doctor and you say, "Well, how come you're hurting?" Well, because I referee basketball. Well, that's supposed to be making you feel better. You know that that energy that you're spending. So, I don't know. I just it, I think it's important in life in general that we really pay attention to our health and fitness. And officiating can and will do that for you, but it you can't say, "Okay, officiating during the season is going to do that." It's going to be me getting ready for the season is going to take care of my health and conditioning. Absolutely. You know, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, the, the mental side of prep. We've, we've obviously talked a little bit now about the physical side of prep. Sorry but, you about know, that. That eye <laughs> speed and, you know, and, and just making sure that we're at the best that we can be to start the season. And, you know, if, if your season starts in four weeks, five weeks, 
and you've got 20 pounds to lose, mm -hmm. well, you can't lose 20 pounds in that time probably. Nope. But you know what? You, you might be able to lose four. Yeah. Might be able to lose five. Mm -hmm. And if, if there's every little bit that helps you be ready for where you need to be. But there's an element, I think, of prepping for the season that a lot of us overlook. Some of us overlook it because it's just part of our year-round who we are. But I think others of us miss out on it just because it's just overlooked. I believe that the the community and the camaraderie of officials is something that has to be prepped the same way I'm prepping physically or in the rules. You know, this is that time of year where you need to be reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. You know, you just mentioned a, a little bit ago that you got a, a message from Colin, one mm -hmm. of our friends. Yep. Uh, congratulations, working a couple new D1 uh, leagues this mm -hmm. year. And I mean, that's awesome and can't wait to hear about some of the great stuff that's going to happen there. And he just sent you a simple message saying, hey, got a question about a, a test thing and a couple other stuff. Is there a time that we could just chat for a little bit? Yep. Uh, I know you get those kinds uh, of of requests all time. I, I get some of those uh, on, on both sides, both with, with baseball and basketball. And what that's doing is it's just, it's beginning to get us not only talking about our sport, mm -hmm. you know, which is important, kind of refocuses that mind, but also gets us reconnecting with other officials. T tell me a little bit about wh why is it important for us to be connected to other people that do what we do? The biggest thing I could say about that is the reason we need to be connected you know, like this time of year, because guess what? We're going to be on the floor or on the field with those people. Yeah. And if you stay disconnected and all of a sudden they show up in a big series in May or a conference quarterfinal game, and now I haven't talked to this person or seen them or connected with them in any way, how am I going to build? Not that I don't trust them, but I, that trust would be so much bigger and the bond would be so much stronger if we had, even if it was just once a month, Mm -hmm. some sort of connection. And that's why it's so important because when you're 90 feet away from your partner, you got to have some for some sort of faith that they're going to do what they signed on to do. Sure. And they're going to back you or I'm going to back them or whatever it is, or I'm going to help them in a, in a situation. They're going to help me. If, if I don't have that, that's even more stress, uh, you know, whatever. Now I'm out of shape. Now I don't trust my partner. Now, you know, the coach is mad at me. All these things. And guess what? I'm quitting. I'm done. It's too hard. It's too difficult because I haven't taken just simple, small steps. And I, I need to add this, Chad. You know, everyone does work. And everyone, a lot of people have jobs that they're pretty sedentary and throughout the whole. Then go play pickleball at 730 at night then. Mm -hmm. what? Why do you have to stay in and watch reruns of you know, Chicago PD or Chicago med or whatever that is, you know, get, let it go and go play for an hour or go to the gym or go do whatever you're doing. You know, you're going into baseball practice. These, I'm guessing these pitches that you're seeing are not of the, Oh, Hey, I'm only available from five to six. Yeah. That coach can say, listen, well, we're throwing from two to three. Yeah. That's all there is to it. If you can make it great. If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. This is when we're throwing. So you find a way to make that happen. And, and, we're just too busy. Oh, I'm going to bed. Yeah, it's not that important to me. And then next thing you know, you blink your eyes, snap your fingers, and you are knee deep in the middle of the season, getting email clips, getting coaches mad at you, and you know your partners don't like what you're saying or how you're calling things because you didn't want to do anything. You want to go to sleep at seven thirty, or yep. didn't want to just eat popcorn. So, well, you know, rant. and I think it's really important that we connect when it's not 
a high stress moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are times I'll get a call from somebody after a game. We, we talk about one of the reasons we started this podcast was this uncommon drive idea of getting windshield time, right? Yep. That mm-hmm. game finishes up and we've got a three hour drive home from Macomb, Illinois, right? right? Mm-hmm. And there's well, no you're underselling it. It's more like four. But okay. okay. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Where There's no good way to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy little two lane roads with turns everywhere. And if you're a little tired, that's a, that's a dangerous place to drive. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you get on the phone with somebody and it's dual purpose you're connecting with somebody it's also mm-hmm. keeping you alert while right. you're driving home right yep. let's mm-hmm. let's be honest that's mm-hmm. why we do that sometimes yep. and sometimes that call comes after a really tough game mm-hmm. where we blew something or there's a coach that was real mad or we had to disqualify somebody something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. you know but if that's the only time i'm ever reaching out to somebody that that seems like a very uh a very poor relationship you know, hey, I, I need to use you right now to help me get through this. Right. One sided. Yeah, but 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 you know, it's it's not too well now as we're prepping for the season. Even if it's just a conversation, man, I'm excited about what's coming up. You mm-hmm. know, I got a I got a couple games. I got this. I got this new opportunity. I'm excited to work with this certain person. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody just a, a couple weekends ago. I was down in Springfield, Illinois, at a, a baseball umpire camp where we were looking at hiring some people and evaluating. And, and it's kind of fun because on the baseball side, I get to do the clinician thing on the basketball side. I'm the, I'm the camper guy. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see both sides of it. And there was a guy who was there at that camp and uh, he's been doing this for a long time. I mean, he's, he's been doing baseball for a long, long time. And he would tell you by his own admission, not the, not the best umpire that's ever been out there. Sure, not the worst. He's right smack dab somewhere in the middle, right? And he knows the levels that he works, and he's kind of, and the coaches love him and all that kind of thing. And I saw, and the moment I saw him, I got the biggest smile on my face. And I went up and I gave him a great big hug, and I said, "Man, it is so good to see you. Every time I see you on a field, it makes me want to smile. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's a relationship there. There's yep. a connection there." And you know what? We could go into a game and one of us could have an absolute horrible game. We're going to walk off that field knowing that we're taking care of each other because we've built relationship ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens with basketball. Same thing happens with football or soccer or any sport that you may be working at any level. And I think not only do we need to be looking at this as collegiate officials, but I think this is a big piece that high school and junior high officials miss out on. Yep. Sometimes because they're working with the same crew all year. You know, mm-hmm. those of you that that work a, a same crew of three for all your high school games, I know that there are tons of positives about that because you're used to each other and all that kind of thing. But yet it's also then super narrowing your circle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, reach out to people. If, if you've got local high school association meetings that are getting ready to start, man, plug into those. Even if you're not going to work a high school game all season. If you're a college official... Go there and and look at how you can give to that Mm -hmm. organization rather than just get. If you're brand new to officiating, find one. Plug in. Find a way to begin to cultivate those relationships. I want to say, you know, those people, those high school officials, they got the same crew, right? This is our crew, right? It's what we do. And many positives. But I'm also going to say there's many negatives. you you got to figure out. Does the negative outweigh the positive? Sure. You know, all adverse effects. Maybe it's got a few more adverse effects than you were playing on. And this is the big one that I think people tend to, to lose track of. If you work with the same three people, and then all of a sudden, one day, your 9-to-5 job 
calls you in the office and says, guess what? We're transferring you. Where? Oh, to a different part of the state or maybe even another state. Mm-hmm. And it never fails. When I hear from those people, they go, yeah, I'm just not going to take up officiating once I move because I don't want to go through trying to learn, you know, find a new crew and I don't want to go through all that. But if you work with a different person every night, your relationship capital has gotten so much bigger. And then now you're going to, you get transferred to a different part of state and you can, you got an acquaintance somewhere and say, Hey, do you know one in the Southern part of state? Yeah, I do. Can you connect me with them? Yep, we do. And now you're working right away. It's so much easier to do when we narrow that, that field of football of five basketball of two or three or whatever that is. That's what, that's what it is. You're just stuck there and you wonder why you can't, you can't move out of that small town. You know, I graduated from a small town, very, very small town. Um, I don't know the population, but I still know lots of my classmates that still live in that same area. Sure. Not that they aren't having a great life and not that things aren't going good for them, but the relationship capital is so small compared to maybe a guy like me who actually said, I'm going to move away. I'm going to expand what's happening and, you know, found someone that didn't even go to my school to marry you know, found a job that had, that no one else at my school was working at. So I think there's some real big benefits by expanding your horizons and building on that relationship capital. Well, as we wrap this today, Jeff, I, I wanted you to do a couple quick questions for you. And, and let's talk specific about basketball here for a second, because we're, like I said, we are, we got people that this week are going to be working practices, scrimmages, whatever. Um, let's say there's somebody out here who's going to work their very first college practice, mm-hmm. right? That's something we don't typically do as an official. Um, talk that official through the kind of things they might expect and maybe the things that they should do and maybe the things they shouldn't do while they're in an environment like that. Yeah. That's, wow. That's a good question. And I'm going to give you a few things, right? When you go into a college practice for the first time, do not, under no circumstances, start setting your limitations like, hey, listen, I, I got to leave by five. Mm-hmm. Because a college practice is way different than any other practice. It's going to be very structured, and they're going to be done when they're done. Yep. And if they need you to stay five more minutes or 15 more minutes or 30 more minutes, then you stay. And then if you don't like that factor, then you don't take those practices anymore. Sure. But the last thing you should do, because I think you will you – will, you will muffle your career, mm-hmm. at least with that coach and with that kind of mindset is, hey, listen, I'm only here to five. I'm going to practice. I'm going to run your practice for three to five. After five o'clock comes, I'm done. Yep. I'm leaving. I think that's a big, big mistake. Another thing is just be quiet and listen. Listen to what the, how the coach is. You know, maybe the coach is in a bad mood because they half the team was late to practice yesterday. So he or she's in a bad mood. You know, now's not the time to joke. <laughs> now's not the time to do those things they coaches in general are very much they're controlling type people they they're the ones in control they have their one who's made the agenda this is the one that this is a the practice they want to do so you start throwing kinks into them like you know hey coach how's it going or they don't need to hear from you they'll come talk to you when they're ready to talk to you so i think those are a couple things that you don't want to do mm-hmm. um things that you do want to do early be there early Mm-hmm. Be there early and, and put that coaches, even though that coach may not even be in the gym, that someone is going to be there that that coach can talk to and go, yeah, the officials are here. Don't worry about it. Yep. We're fine. Don't don't worry about that. So that would be one less thing you got to worry about. Um, and I think the other thing is, is 
you know, if you're in a practice situation, I think it's time for you to practice. Let's practice a new mechanic. Let's practice a new positioning on the floor. Let Even if uh, some sort of, you know, play comes up, geez, let's practice discussing it with my crew. They, you know, they take a water break. I want to discuss that play. And, you know, maybe write down a few little notes, those kind of things. And last thing I'll say, I think most any college practice, it's going to be filmed in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. See so if you can get a copy of it. Yep. You can evaluate yourself. And, and I'd add a couple things to that. One, if, if you're going to be there working, you're typically not going to be there working on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at least going to be a crew of three. I've, I've worked practices and scrimmages with five and six officials, yeah. and we would rotate in and out and yep. all get reps. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be times during that practice that you're not working. There's going to be times they're working on a drill. Mm-hmm. They're doing something else. They're just meeting in the center of the court. If right. you're standing over on the corner, I would say during those moments, be be productive during those moments. Maybe it's you're grabbing that official next to you and saying, hey, this thing that we just saw, mm-hmm. tell me how that plays in, you know, when it comes game time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're they're doing something. Uh, I was at a practice last year where they literally had girls crashing into like tackling dummies, mm-hmm. right? And what they were doing is they were just trying to teach them to be strong mm-hmm. going into the paint. But we we began to talk from the side, man, you know, what's 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 that potentially going to lead to? Is right. this the kind of something we want to look at come to the season where mm-hmm. they're going to be really coming in hard, rough. And if that's a dish right before that happens, well, now we got a pass and crash kind right. of situation or something. So, you know, those are, those are things that we can absolutely do. The other thing is, even at small colleges, there are typically multiple coaches at that practice. Sure, yep. And occasionally, there's a great opportunity to ask a question. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I remember being at a, a, a practice uh, two years ago. Um, there was something that they were they were teaching their athletes, and I just I didn't totally understand what it was. And so there was one of the assistant coaches, a grad assistant that was next to me, so they weren't actively teaching. I wouldn't pull anybody away from anything, right, but just yeah. while they're standing there observing, I just asked the question. And after I asked the question, they asked me why I asked. And so I just simply said, hey, I, I want to be able to to see this clearly so, so I can officiate it well, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to the game. And the statement they made was, you know what, we've never thought about how that would look to an official. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, now it, it, it opened up a little bit of a, a dialogue mm-hmm. and was, was really, really great. Um, the last thing that I would add in is that a lot of times when you go to a scrimmage or a practice, um, they will ask the officials to speak to the team. Yep, yep. Okay, it might be about new rules Mm -hmm. or it might be about uh, points of emphasis for the year or whatever. Yep. Can I tell you, if you're new, that is the perfect time to shut up. (laughs) I love it. It is the perfect time to shut up. And and here's why. One, there's going to be somebody working that practice that has – connection and relationship with that coaching staff mm-hmm. yep let them be the one that leads out now they may they they may make it a crew thing yeah they may turn to you and say hey you know on this point of emphasis we've got what kind of things are you gonna be looking for this year right. whatever and if they invite you into that conversation then absolutely step through that open door but otherwise let those people 
that that have more experience that have those relationships take the lead mm-hmm. because if you do that you may learn something right as you're listening you may hear and then in a year or two when you're the experienced one with the relationship you know better how to communicate mm-hmm. with those with those uh, teams because of what you've heard demonstrated for you at your first practice yep. and I would even say this as you're taking this opportune time to shut up ask yourself what would you say sure okay i want to rehearse as i've said before right i want to always rehearse what i think i might if someone's asking this question i want to rehearse that answer i want to rehearse that response so if i see a more experienced official addressing a team and i know this is going to happen i'm already telling myself in my head what would i say if they, if they were to call on me and to present this how would i do it you know, and then learn from what they, oh, they said exactly what I would say, or they said it differently. That's better because we're never going to get anywhere if all you do is regurgitate what the last person said. Yep. You're not going to attract anybody. You're going to be very common, yep. and we don't want to be common. You want to be uncommon, and that's why you have to find a way for you to use your communication skills in a way to utilize the communication skills that you've been given in a better way. You know, so as we recap today, first of all, there is that that mental side of our preparation. You know, Jeff talked about the fact that the the women's basketball test uh, just came out. Mm-hmm. I tell you, as a baseball umpire, if you are waiting to get into the rule book until our test gets put out this winter, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah, I know people that have breezed through the test this year because they're in the rule book. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yep. Doesn't mean every day, yeah. but at some point every week they're picking up and maybe they're reading through the casebook or maybe they're looking at a couple specific plays, but make sure that that is something that you are doing as part of your prep, no matter what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the, the physical side of it, both in active participation with the sport, as well as just making sure our bodies are ready to go. Uh, and again, regardless of the sport, that is so important for us to do. And then, you know, lastly, as we look at building that community with other officials, look for opportunities, look for a chance to get on a court or get on a field. Uh, If you're a baseball umpire and it's the off season, I promise you there is some indoor facility somewhere this summer where 14, 15, 16 year olds are learning how to pitch. Call up that facility and Mm -hmm. say, hey, I'm an umpire and I just love to see some pitches. Could I please come in? I promise you somebody's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you an opportunity to get better. Yep. Uh, on the basketball side, if, if you haven't got in at the collegiate level, find a junior high game somewhere. Find a practice. Find an AAU travel team that's doing something. Find a way to get in. Take that courage step where you're the one to reach out and ask. Uh, and, and if you're struggling with that, find another official to help you do that. And, uh, and, and it's going to set you up for success. And that's the whole deal. It's, it's an uncommon drive. It's not what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is showing up on the first day of the season. We need to have an uncommon drive towards success. We want to have a physical six-pack. We want to have a mental six-pack. And we want to have a relationship six-pack. I love it. I love it. Guys, have a great week. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, be sure and help us out. And uh, check us out uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. But do us a favor and rate us. Uh, Give us a five-star rating if you're kind enough to do that. It helps us as we move forward and attempt to make this better for you. Have a great week, guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. 
be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.